Hello and welcome to Opening the Gates to More Listings for Estate Agents with me, Simon Gates, and I'm delighted to be joined today by Mr. Clint Nykamp. Clint, thank you very much for joining me. No problem at all. It's uh, I'm happy to be here. Thanks, mate. Right, you're very welcome. And I just asked you before we hit record, uh, how do I pronounce your surname? Uh, so one of the first questions I'm going <laughs> to ask you is, uh, is that normally like a conversation starter with people, like buyers, sellers? They're like, oh, what, how how do you pronounce that? Where's it from? Yeah, it is actually. Yeah, yeah, you've got a spot on there. And um, it's good to have something that's a conversation starter, I always think anyway. And um, so the surname is from, I'm South African. That's good because it kind of, the surname's not just like, I don't know, my mum gave me that surname, my dad gave me that surname. <laughs> I'm actually South African. I was born there. I grew up there. Uh, and I moved to the UK when I was uh, 16. Um, so my surname is South African slash Dutch. Yeah, because, okay. of course, in South Africa, there's a lot of Dutch heritage uh, that live in South Africa. So we all moved over as a family in 1996, um, where I joined the British Army. You were hoping I was going to say where I became an estate agent then. No, you? I know that you joined the Army. <laughs> and that actually is going to lead nicely into one of my first questions. But just on the, the uh, South African side of things... Um, you, you don't seem to have an accent unless maybe there's a twang that comes out if you've had a few shandies or something. There's, yeah, four, four pints in and, and I turned South African again. <laughs> um, but I think when you, at the age of 16, you're probably at one of the most influential ages of your yeah. life as to where your life is going to go, what's going to happen, who you hang around with, how you talk, how you dress, everything. And so joining the British Army at the age of 16 uh, you know, when your sergeant starts questioning why you're pronouncing certain words certain ways, <laughs> you, you, it very quickly gets kicked out of you and you just become one of the lads. So I think that's what's happened to me. My, my sister's still got a quite a strong accent. My two younger brothers, perfect British accent. And of course, my mum and dad have got heavy, heavy South African accents. But yeah, my 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 accent's gone until, four. I'd say four pints, maybe four and a half pints of Stella in the <laughs> And what and what about the last question on South Africa in terms of that family environment? Do you like Bill Tong? I'm going to be very stereotypical. Do I like Bill Tong? I know we're on a podcast at the moment, but I've got some yeah. in my at all times. Uh, so I'm a massive fan of Bill Tong. Um, I've got a hobby as well. Me and my dad have got a hobby, and we make Bill Tong. No way. So we get yeah yeah we get the raw beef or nice piece of sirloin. Um, we put uh, sort of uh, vinegar and, yeah. and other herbs and spices and stuff. And then we've, I've got a big sort of uh, drying unit that Brilliant. I can make biltong in. So when you ask if I'm a fan, I'm a massive fan. Massive. So, so I was uh, in London yesterday and whenever I'm at Euston, the biltong boss has a stand there. And I walked up and he's like, oh, do you want to try some? I was like, I don't need to try some, mate. I know exactly what I'm having. And then he's like, well, that's the easiest sale I'm going to make today. Scanned, thank you very much. And I was eating it on the train home uh, last mm -hmm. night. Um, it, for anyone uh, listening, we're promised we're going to talk stage in a second. But if you've not tried Biltong and thinking, what the hell are these guys talking about? Um, it's unbelievable. So please do go and get some Biltong. Um, maybe Especially if you're into sports, funnily enough. So if you're into sport and working out, it's high, high, high lean protein. Uh, so it's really that, good for you as well. That's why I started eating it. So we're going off a real tangent now, Clint. Um, but it, it, I promise it's it's going to relate to estate agency. So in estate agency, uh, this would have been 2013. Wow, 10 years ago. 
uh, and one of my best mates in state agency, uh, a Dutchman called Sven. Uh, and he joined and he was huge. And I was into the gym at the time. We started going to the gym together and he was eating Biltong. I was like, what the hell is this? Uh, Dutchman. And, you know, he's like, well, it's, it's Biltong. And I was like, okay, high in protein, whatever. And I used to always have a pack in my in my desk drawer. So, yeah, on the phone, eating Biltong, et cetera. So, yeah, no, I love it. Oh, that's brilliant. Uh, other people's opinion on it uh, differs, but I think it's one of those things you've got to you got to try. You've yeah, got to try it. Absolutely. Right. So going on to the British Army, was that like, had you always wanted to be in the army? Where did that come from? Like at such an early age, bang, you're in the army for several years. Talk to us about that. Yeah, I, I think um, two, two things, really. Number one, growing up in South Africa, it's is very much uh there's a lot of outdoors um there's a lot of issues as well so you you do see violence growing up um but more importantly my family was always had a sense of adventure where we were out camping and we'd we'd go down to the coast a lot and we'd do a lot of uh physical stuff you know outdoors physical stuff so that was the one kind of my way of life that was kind of ingrained into me um but then the other thing when i moved to england it, it I, I was really, uh, it was a big upheaval. I was, uh, I didn't really settle in that well, if I'm honest. Um, and I probably started hanging around a few of the wrong type of people initially when I got to England because I was a bit of a lost soul. Um, I was too old to go back and do GCSEs, which they tried to make me do. So I was like the oldest one there. So I felt a bit weird about that. So I ended up leaving yeah. school without the GCSEs, hanging around the wrong people. And um, honestly, I, I woke up on a Saturday morning, having had quite a few, quite a lot to drink. I know underage, but anyway, <laughs> that was one of the issues. Um, and I put myself on a train to Coventry uh, from Livington Spa, and I signed up. I, I literally walked into the office wow. and said, "I'd like to sign up for the British Army." And I couldn't sign up that day. I had to bring my dad back in to give me permission to join and everything. But yeah, I, I took myself off. And I think that probably ties into a lot of stuff in, in my life. Uh, and, and we'll probably get onto that. But but just to touch on it is that I've always been the kind of guy that just takes a second and goes, right, what can I do about this? Or what, what can I do today? And then I just go for it. Like... I could have gone on the train and gone the wrong way or I could have got there and the, the army office was shut for the day and it'll open yeah. again on Monday. Like, none of that bothered me. Um, and I think there's there's two things. You can either do things too quickly and it's like, oh, mate, what? you didn't even prepare for that. Or, in my case, I just do stuff and then perhaps learn how to do it better or um, just do it the first time. So I was just on that train and I was just like, I'm going to do this. So I didn't discuss it with anyone. I didn't go, oh, let, let me just check if the office is open or closed. And let me just talk to my parents about it. So I was like, I want to do this. So I'm going to go and do it. That was it. Decision made. And it was the best decision I ever made. It's really interesting hearing you say that, because I would have said this on this podcast uh, before. But when I quit my high street estate agency job at a dozen years, it was it was kind of like that, a bit different to joining the army. Uh, but I literally he had a phone call with Sam Hunter at Home Search, and he went, "Do you want a job?" I went, "Yeah, all right." And I emailed my MD and went, "I quit." <laughs> it's yeah. Like no contract signed, didn't know what was being paid, what I'd be doing, but I I trusted Sam. 
I liked where home search was going, having used it. And I'm a really um, methodical, logical person, like plan things in advance, not yeah. that spontaneous, but every so often it's like, let's go do something. So that's really interesting. If think, yeah, if you think about those decisions, if you think back in your life and you think about those decisions that you've made an instant mm. big decision, and then you, you you ask yourself, go, how did that turn out? More often than not, that's one of the best moves you ever made. Yeah. And certainly for me, pulling me out of being a bit of a lost soul coming from another country and not really knowing what I want to do and how I'm going to do it to having a real good uh, professional view on life. Like if you want to do something, go and do it. And then, of course, once I joined the army, it was the same kind of vibe. So, you know, if if there was a job to do, us lads just used to get stuck in and do it. Like if if there was a a tank that needed, we, we quite often with the tanks, we used to replace the tracks on the tanks, or we used to take them off service and put them back on. And it was the one one of the most horrible jobs called tank um, uh, track bashing. And it was one of the most terrible, horrible jobs you can ever do. But if someone said that's what we're doing today, that's it. You were doing it, and we're going to keep doing it until the job gets done, and that's it. And, and I carry that with me today. You know, if the job's there to get done, I'll do it and I'll see it through to the end. I was about, I was actually about to ask if if there's sort of one learning you could take from the army or, or think of that you took from the army into a state agency. But I'm going to go one step ahead and say, hmm. based on what you've just said, did that come into your mind when it came to door knocking? So I remember at, at the um, iceberg event uh, that you um, spoke at recently, and you know it's there to talk about kind of digital stuff, but you didn't yeah. ram digital down people's throats. You said, "Look, I, I started out, uh, or when you're finding country, started out going and knocking on doors." And a lot of agents yeah. go, "That doesn't work," or "Oh my god, I don't want to do that." But is that that army thing coming in going? It's not the ideal thing I want to be doing today, but keep doing it. It's going to work. 100% that, because um, if you sit in your car, so if you pull up to a for sale board and you want to go and introduce yourself to whoever's selling the house, and, and look, I'm, I'm not in the habit of stealing business, but my tactic was always to try and get to know everyone that was moving in the area, as simple yeah. as that, and try and develop a relationship with everyone that wanted to move house. So whether that means selling them a house, helping them buy a house, helping them with a mortgage, conveyancing, whatever, it doesn't matter. I was there to, to help them. So if you pull up to a house and there's a board there, you can think of like hundreds of reasons not to knock that door. Yeah. And I have been out door knocking with people I've trained and, and, and other associates that I've worked with. And some of the stuff they come out with is is just for, for, for someone in my mindset is is mind-blowing it's just I, I can't get my head around it I, I i was sitting in the car with someone and they looked and they went if the gates closed like that i don't think we should go in <laughs> went, what what makes you say that what why yeah. why he said a couple of things really if the gates close like that there might be a dog um but also if the gates closed like that it's a sign just to say you know i've closed my gate i don't want to see anyone and i was like wow that's a crazy mindset now the most business that I won was what I call unplanned business. So I used to make a bit of a plan before I went out and have a list of properties that I wanted to go and have a look at and hopefully meet the owner and see how I can help them. So I'd get to the first one and that's fine. 
but then I'd be driving to the second one and then I'd see it for sale board. I think, oh, and again, that's when my training kicks in. I'm knocking on that door. Yeah. And so I give myself momentum. Um, and what I mean by that is I don't stop. Yeah. Because I'm human. Everyone's human. They're susceptible to all these little negative thoughts in their head. So I could look at the door and think, oh, that's double locked or um, I don't know, any other excuse. There's a dog. I can see a dog. I'd start going through scenarios in my own mind. If I stopped, if I didn't keep that momentum, I start going through these scenarios of maybe I shouldn't knock on that door. And maybe that house has only been on the market X amount of time. And that, that's another one, actually. I'll drive past a for sale board and there have, I'll be honest, there have been times that I've then looked at it on right move and thought to myself, oh, they've only been on for a week. I better not knock on their door. And then I've done that and then thought to myself, and then I've had a word myself and gone, come on, you know. And so I started getting to a rhythm where I gain this momentum as I, I see a, a for sale board and I get out and I walk up to the door and I knock on it. No thought, no nothing, no nothing. Just knock on that door. And I suppose that comes with confidence as well. Yeah. I've been in the industry 18 years now and I can talk about stuff. So I know other people maybe need to do a bit of prep and that's fine. They need to see how long the house has been on the market for, how much it's on for, what kind of property it is, and then go in and maybe talk about that. Um, but yeah, my army training is you <laughs> you look at something and and, and you do it um it, it reminds me of our our training it, it, they you always used to do crazy stuff with us like you see that tree across that field and we also go yes sir and just go look at the next field and look at the furthest tree and we go yes sir i want to leap from that tree and none of us used to go oh how are we going to get across the first field and over that fence uh. like we always used to go just go just get the job done get back and the sooner you get back and get the job done the sooner you can go out for beers. Yeah, absolutely love it. Um, on one of the things you were saying there about door knocking, I've I've literally just been looking at some stats this morning from a, a fine and country agent I I work with, and um, his first ever instruction as a fine and country agent came from door knocking, right? And this yeah. is on my on my advice. It had a soul board outside, Clint. Now, based on what you've said, a lot of agents would go, well, there's a soul board outside. Why would I knock on that? Now, to cut a very long story short, he knocked on the door and basically said, hi, my name's Simon. See, you've got a soul board outside. Congrats on finding a buyer. Are you looking to stay local and can I help you find somewhere? And they said, oh, we've been looking for ages. We're looking to downsize. Unfortunately, my wife's got MS. We need a bungalow, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Great. Yeah. Let me go and target some properties on your behalf and see how we go. Guy sent out 50 to 100 letters and got an instruction from that yeah yes yeah. it's, it's a soul board <laughs> i tell you what if you look at um any any high level sport the same kind of thing happens where they get towards the end of a match say it's a football match and it's two nil and they go into extra time and you see them like the manager screaming and half of you wants to go lads it's two nil you, you beat what are you why are you still running around like madheads but you just don't know. Just that that little something, little bit of magic might happen and you might think, wow. And those are the opportunities, first of all, that no one else is going after. Yeah. Because yeah. I bet other agents drove past that sold board and just went, well, it's sold. I don't need to talk to them. The business is done. Um, not forgetting that, you know, 30 odd percent of properties or even higher than that now fall through in the UK. So 
the, the soul boards are probably the best ones to talk to. Um, <laughs> and, you know, it, 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 you would have missed out on that opportunity. But also, I think that's where the magic happens because people have stopped touting it. Yeah. People have stopped sending letters to it. And they might be like this guy you've just said, might be at the end of his tether just going, I just need help from someone. I just need to find this bungalow that I'm looking for. Yeah, so that's that's brilliant. And that's exactly what I'm talking about. Take that chance. Dive in. Do it. Why not? And on that point of kind of the theme of doing what others will not do uh, at the iceberg event. And I'm uh, just looking at my second screen now. Uh, yeah. You put something up on the big screen uh, and I'd shared it on an Instagram story. Hadn't I after that as well? I, I knew the stat, but I'd never seen it put in on a big screen like that. So yeah. they'd looked at what one and a half million leads in a year, 18% are completed within a two year period on land registry. Can you just talk through to listeners why that's so powerful, why you shared that and why it's important, like nurturing? Yeah, 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 of course, of course. So this is a massive thing. So um, when we generate leads, when the way estate agents look at leads baffles me. And it's only started baffling me recently when I've started studying what leads look like, when they come good, and and really, like yourself, getting my statistics head on yeah. and going, all right, if someone thinks about selling, they just have that thought, when do they actually sell? And you find that some people at six months, some people are more spontaneous, like me, I'd put a for sale board up that day, <laughs> ready to move. And other people, it's part of a five-year plan. So I thought, yeah. what is a, what is a lead in estate agency? It took me to some research, to some really interesting research. And, and you can do this research, lots of data companies that do this. But if you have a look at how often people move within an area, it varies slightly between areas. But some areas might be seven years. Other areas might be nine years. And so you look at when people might be lower than that in other areas. But if you look at how quickly people move, for example, there's an area near me called Shirley, Solihull. And um, in Shirley, Solihull, there's a lot of three bed semis. And for the area as a whole, for the whole of sort of South Birmingham, it's it's fairly cheap and it's it's a good area. There's good schools, there's shops, there's it's a good area, but it's a it's a first time buyer's area. And what tends to happen is you tend to go into the area and you tend to buy a house, a three bed semi in that area. And as soon as you can afford to then move into Solihull itself, that's when you make the move. So a lot of people in Shirley only own a house there for two or three years before they then make the next leap. So back to these leads. So I started looking at for my own estate agent business as uh, the instant valuation tool, as a, as, as a hook, as a, you know, trying to get people's details and then I was calling them on the same day and going, I was getting overexcited. It was a new business for me. So I was calling them up and when do you want to move then? Shall I come over today? I've got space in my diary. And what I was getting all the time was, um, no, not looking to move yet or just doing a bit of research, mate. No worries. Oh, I didn't think you'd call me. And I was getting that. And then I was thinking, I actually got quite negative at one stage thinking, yeah. well, why are you doing that then? This isn't even a lead. And I hear that. Yeah, yeah. So many times this isn't even a lead so i went on with that and then i i you know like everyone does in their own business starts developing their business and looking at well what could i do with these leads because i've got nothing else at the moment so you know i've got a bit of word of mouth but i've got nothing else at the moment and then it hit me one day through 
I suppose through talking to other people, listening to podcasts, you know, just doing what I do, I thought if people are moving every five years in an area, every seven years in an area, surely a lead would be, and you're planning to own an estate agency for longer than five years, which I hope <laughs> all estate agency owners are planning to own an estate agent for longer than five years. But if I get your details today and somehow I'm helpful to you and you know about me and you like me over the next year, two years, three years, four years, five years, yeah. I will, if, if that's set up correctly, if that kind of nurture system is set up correctly, however you set it up, I remember years ago a trainer called, oh, I forget his name. He's an American guy, but he said, if you, uh, Brian Tracy. Yeah, yeah, Brian said, Tracy, yeah. I think it was Brian Tracy, yeah. He said, with estate agents or real estate, if you can't be good, be there. And all of a sudden, I thought, yeah, most estate agents, if you're there when the person is thinking about moving, it is likely you'll at least get a, a go at it. You'll at least get to go and visit the property. So then I thought, right, I've got hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of these leads within my estate agency business. And my mindset changed straight away to going, every single one of those is a lead. If they own a property, that is a lead. Yeah. So I got to a thousand of these instant valuation leads. And what I did was I did an experiment where I sent out a, uh, a, a time-sensitive bit of content to them. And the time-sensitive content was um, the first one I did was, I think if you're looking to sell at the start of the year or if you're looking to sell in January, yeah. um, here's some top tips for you. And everyone that read that bit of content, I'd phone them up and say, how are you doing? What are your plans this year? And the conversations I was having were 10 times better, 20 times better, 100 times better than phoning them on the day they'd done the, the, the instant valuation and then going, oh, I'm not looking to move yet. Because they'd been through some kind of nurture journey where they were reading our content and more and more they were starting to go, ah, do you know what? These guys are quite helpful. They've just sent us a checklist on, you know, what to do with our mortgage if we are thinking about moving or you know, what to do with our pets on moving day. They're like, there's just a million bits of content out there you can yeah. genuinely help people with. So, yeah, I, I think my mindset switched from um, getting in a thousand instant valuation leads and people saying to me, oh, so you've only got two bits of business out of that. And I'm like, yeah, but if I took those thousand instant valuation leads and closed the shutters on my office and just focused on those thousand instant valuation leads i'd probably sell two or three of them a month for the next year two years three years you know that audience i created would be enough to to feed my business or to start turning them into valuations well based on the the 18 figure and you're a thousand there well over a two-year period that's 180 so you know that 180 people that you've got their contact details of are going to on law of averages are going to move next two years so like you say i everyone's guilty of it you keep throwing out stuff to try and get more leads and it's like actually yep. nurture the ones you you've already got and i love what you said about the time time sensitive content uh we're recording this the day after the bank of england have just risen the the base rate to five percent if yeah. agents haven't gone and you know nurtured their database talking about what this means and use that as an opportunity to see 
is there anyone looking to remortgage now? I'm one of those people who are coming off a two-year fixed rate and remortgaging. So yeah, opportunity yeah. for estate agent there. Like, yeah, so many, so many things to think of there. And the other thing I just want to dovetail onto that. Uh, the other thing you'd mentioned on that day was the multi-branch estate agency in Essex who checked their archived database against yeah. land registry. Yeah, yeah. I, mate, that, that was incredible. And this is a, a genuine agent. They asked me not to name them and I didn't. Um, but uh, uh, this is a genuine agent who um, at a similar time to me went, all right, so so what does happen with all these leads? Like these are people that are going, these are people that are finding out what is my house worth? Okay. That's the kind of thing that you type in when you're looking to do an instant valuation lead or an instant valuation. So for some reason, if someone's done a, an instant valuation, used an instant valuation tool, there was thought behind that. It wasn't just like, it wasn't random. It might be, and, and there's a number of reasons. They might be looking to remortgage, in which case, can you pick up the mortgage business? They might be looking to sell their property straight away. So a call on the day is worth it, just to say, is there anything I can help you with? Um, they might be looking, they might be sorting out a five-year plan where, you know, a lot of people sort out their five-year plans, right? We'll hopefully grow this much equity in the house. So we need to know what it's worth now so that when we sell it, blah, 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 and carry on that way. So, yeah, I, I think that there's, there's always a reason. So this, this agent was a typical estate agent. And when I say typical, the same as what I've always done up until recently, the same as what a lot of estate agents do, is they try and keep their database clean. <laughs> and I'm doing the opposite now. I'm trying to get my database as full as possible. Yeah. As full, if you own a house, I want you on my database. I don't care when you're going to move. If you tell me you're never going to move, I want your details on my database because next week when you get offered the, the, the job of a lifetime and your boss says, by the way, we've got a, a house for you on the beach as well, you're going to be selling your house very quickly yeah. and you're going to need a very good agent. So when you say you're never going to move, you probably will. So I still need your details and it's still a lead for me. So any anyone that owns a house is a, is a lead for me. I think um, it's... I think, sorry to cut across again, I just want to say this okay. point before uh, it, it slips out of my mind. I think you mentioned this on the day, or I've heard you say it uh, on, on other things, but when maybe agents that fixed mindset again, when they go, oh yeah, but if I set up tomorrow, but Clint's already five years ahead of me, he's got this massive database. Oh, or, yeah. And like, so I love what you're saying there, and uh, whether they're moving today tomorrow or in 10 years if there's ten thousand chimney pots in in let's say your patch yeah your sole objective is to have the contact details of every single homeowner in your database whether they're moving or not because that is what every piece of marketing is doing you want your customers yeah. details so and I've, got went... two, I've got 2063 i've got 2063 within my own estate agency business okay i've got 2063 sets of details of homeowners in my area that haven't moved yet they have already been getting content from me for the last 18 months so if i build that to 4000 8000 10000 because i've constantly got an advert running that brings me these kind of leads because now i understand that what i'm doing is i'm not dealing with individual leads oh did that lead come good did that lead come good what I'm doing is I'm building audiences. Love it. Yeah. So I'm building an audience of people on my database. So, for example, the as you mentioned before, the mortgage rates went up yesterday. How quickly do you think I could give advice to over 2,000 people in my core area 
as a tiny little agent working from my fourth bedroom, I can hit 2,000 people instantly with some advice on mortgages. And on that, I know just before that, you mentioned about um, agents putting, you know, uh, giving advice on, say, mortgage rates. Um, in this digital world we're all in, and we all know we're in a digital world, do you know how many people on a monthly basis, on a monthly basis in the UK, search the term mortgage rates? Well, so, so hang on, what? How many people search? How many people search? Go onto Google, yeah. So if, if they're in. not in touch, if they're not in touch with an estate agent, they're not getting advice of anyone. They haven't got a mortgage advisor. They don't know where to start. So they're going, shit. What's going on with these mortgage rates? And they Google mortgage rates just to try and get some information. Surely that there is, is it millions of searches? 201,000. Okay. That's just on that search term. The search term mortgage rates today, there's 14,800. Current mortgage rates, 27,000. Mortgage interest rates, another 60,000. So, yes, you're probably right. If you start adding all that up, it probably hits a million and over. Now, the reason I tell you that is... Um, mentioning the digital world that we're in is that you can either say oh god this everything's gone digital and oh yeah and, and then go back to your leaflets and saying or you can just think how could i use that so for example the two hundred one thousand people that are searching every month i know that that the the cut of that within the birmingham area is about eight thousand so there are 8,000 people just in the Birmingham area every single month that are that are wanting information about mortgage rates. With a click of a button, you can target those people. Yeah. So without ever leaving your office or your house or anything, you can target those 8,000 people or as a as a you know as a whole 201,000 people. So that the mindset of looking at these leads coming in and looking at who like who to talk to is the most important thing you'll ever do. Yeah. I think on, on a couple of things you'd, you'd said there, if people, are, if, if they're in the Birmingham area and they're searching mortgage rates, there's a bloody good chance they own a home in that area. <laughs> you would like yes. to think. Now, if Correct. roughly speaking, law of averages, 3% of, of properties transact every year in this country, out of that 8,000, there's 240 people who are moving in the next 12 months. And on the figure you gave earlier of the two, roughly 2,000 that you said in your database, again, 3% of that is 62. So you yeah. know that, okay, if I keep nurturing them, I've got a chance of potentially at least getting in the living room to try and win the business every year yeah. of 62 people. Just And that's absolutely spot on because what I did, and I, and, and I will send this to you, Simon, um, and you can use it wherever you want, but what I did was I went back over at the time, it was about two months ago, so at the time I had the 1,800 of these instant valuation leads, um, and I'll say something slightly embarrassing here, only because it's going to help a lot of other people. I've lost into six figures worth of money um, over that space of time. Now, I've also made a lot of money, however... If I had been more on these leads, and when I say more on these leads, I probably would have employed someone on a full-time basis two years ago to just handle these leads. Interesting. Because if I've lost six figures and I'm just going to pay someone full or part-time, that's a lot less than six figures, I'd be making profit if someone was just looking after these. 
I got into the wrong mindset of I've got a pretty good uh, nurture system. And I got into the wrong mindset of, oh, my brilliant technology will look after it. It's the wrong mindset. Now, I'm a massive, massive advocate of digital stuff and, and getting on board with anything modern, anything AI, anything digital yeah. is, is my world. I absolutely love it. But believe me, there needs to be a human behind that. 100%. 100%. And, and that was a, a very, very hard lesson for me to learn that I couldn't trust all my technology. And now I say to people, don't trust your technology, just use it. And so what I should have been doing is I should have had a much, much, much closer eye on exactly when they were reading the contents. And I should have been having conversations, human conversations with these people on a regular basis, but I wasn't because I had my head stuck in digital. So I know a lot of people will probably go, bloody hell, is this still Clint talking? Is <laughs> on about technology not being perfect. Um, yeah, technology is not perfect. And, you know, AI is, is going to change the world completely. But I do think having a human conversation with someone, no matter how good technology, how good AI is, having a human, how are you doing, mate, is yeah. is unbeatable. It's a chemical thing. It's a, It's an aura thing, you know. Yeah, no, de definitely. I've, I've found it interesting the last, coming up to four months now, agents saying, oh, it's been great that you've come and seen us. We've seen you eye to eye. We've shook hands in this digital world we now live in. Everyone else wants to do things over Zoom. Uh, we're recording this over Zoom, so technology is, of course, great for that. But the the last thing just want to mention on this before we sort of um, come towards the end of the, uh, of the podcast was nurture campaigns i for my own kind of market research i guess i've signed up to various different nurture campaigns with estate agents up and down the countries ones i think wouldn't know who i am so we're not thinking ah oh, he's just mystery shopping us it's yeah genuine where i think that agent does not know me let's see what it's like i'm shocked at how many nurtures i'm in uh where it's nurture 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 through you can tell it's just a uh, a, a generic email the content perhaps yeah. isn't that great um but the, not even phoning me like the, it's asked for my phone number and like yeah. my phone number's being given not once you get a phone call it's just all done through through nurture which which i which i found shocking which yeah and it's a mistake i made and i'm happy to admit that because when people hear me admitting to making a mistake and the mistake was trusting digital too much think people's ears will prick up and go oh hang on a second we thought this guy was mr digital and it's like no you need to get on that phone and have a human conversation yeah. um and if you do your research and you really um you've got to take nurture systems seriously and there are several systems out there you've got to look at them and you've got to think from a uh, from a client's point of view what would i like to receive so yeah. Um, I know you're into your golf, so if you if you buy something to do with golf, what you don't want is just to be spammed with loads of stuff. But I bet you, if you had bought, I don't know, some new golf shoes, and then next thing was coming through that there were these matching socks that just made the shoes look awesome, you'd be like, oh, they're pretty cool. Like, I, oh, I'll probably buy them. So it'd be very, very relevant to you, and it would be like, wow, this company is listening. Yep. This company is actually trying to help me. They're not just spamming until they get some business. So if you think about the basics of estate agency, 
people are upsizing, downsizing. Of course, there's the bad ones like death, divorce, etc. Um, but if someone's upsizing, why not make sure that they go into some kind of nurture journey that's giving them advice on upsizing? Like that's you know, and 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 that's why you need to do your research on these nurture systems just to make sure that you've got a nurture system that's going to look after all these leads, but also allow you to to do the human thing and and pick up the phone and call them and have good conversations with them. That that bit you you kind of just said there, it, it took me back to what you were saying earlier, where you said kind of in the Birmingham area, you get people buying their first homes, a three bed semi, there's lots of three bed semis. They then go on to move to, was it Sully Hill, were you saying, or a yeah, slightly yeah. different area and maybe they're going to the four beds attached. I don't know. And yeah. when you were saying that, I was like, I bet Clint has something set up for those properties where they're being fed information on look at this lovely four bed detached. Could you see yourself living here with a great school catchment yeah. or it's close to a train station if you're commuting, whatever. So no, I think I think that's brilliant. Um, so right, I've, so I've got just to give you an idea, I've got 17. Um, I've got 17 nurture journeys set up okay. um, within within my system that I use. Um, and the reason I've got 17 is because they're all relevant. So like I've got a, a first time buyer's journey. People are like, why? They haven't got a house to sell. And I'm like, because if you look after everyone, people are eventually going to go, oh, just just call his company. You know, they're, they're not going to hesitate. Um, and also, if you think about where your business comes from, if I'm helping a first time buyer and they're like, oh, when I signed up with these guys, I had advice on mortgages, yeah. interest rates. I had an appointment with them. They did it online for me. Or, you know, we were just generally helpful. And then all of a sudden, their mum wants to sell their house. Like, who are they going to come to? Yeah, So absolutely. I've set up a nurture journey for absolutely everyone, even investors, like just interesting uh, uh, articles for investors. So, yeah, very, very important. And yes, you're absolutely right. I've got a, 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 I've got a nurture journey for people who are looking to upsize within that area. Yeah. Where uh, this might just keep going because we keep, you keep saying stuff, but with the first time buyer thing, like most first time buyers, so I've done research on this. Average first time buyer deposit is about twenty four percent, and it's the equivalent of sixty seven thousand pounds. It's insane. Most of that it money is not theirs; it's their mum, dad, grandparents. So, like you said, if you do a bloody good job for that first time buyer, whether they buy through you or someone else, it's all data. Are they going to go away? And so, even if I didn't buy through Clint, I bought through Simon. Simon was all right. But Clint had all this valuable stuff and the parents are going, yeah, we're selling. We're looking at downsizing. We're going to go speak to Clint, not Simon. And again, yeah, yeah, yeah. when that first time buyer goes to sell in, let's say, three years time. So I bought my first house in 16, sold it in 19. Classic kind of first time buyer, bought a two bed, moved to a three bed. So, again, what that first experience, I might have bought through Simon, but actually Clint was the amazing one. So when I go to sell in three years time. Oh, no, hang on a minute. Clint's also got the four bed I want to buy because he's been marketing to yeah. me. So, yeah, yeah, but do you know what? Do you know what agents do? And you saying all that is, and I've worked in agencies that, that do this and I've physically done it myself, is on completion, we archive that client. Uh, we yeah. love an archive. And like, if someone completes on a property, like that's your opportunity for aftercare. And what I mean by aftercare is not like, yeah, it's okay. Take them around a bottle of something nice and a bunch of flowers when they move in. That's great. And that's good estate agency. But what I'm talking about is, you know, a few months later, I hope you've settled in well to your home. By the way, these are the best restaurants in the area. That's just a bit of content. Like if you've got a decent system that does it for you, you don't even have to worry about it. And then a year later, what do you do? 
you send them something. Ah, oh, can you believe, Mr. Smith, can you believe it's been a year yeah. since you've moved? By the way, in your area, house prices have gone up by 4.2%. So if yeah. you want, I could come out and see you again and just let you know how much your house is worth. And now I hear people screaming, what's the point? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what the point is. You just mentioned to me that you bought your house and you sold it three years later. I would have only had to do that twice and I would have had your business again. Yeah. And, and, and on what you've, you've said there, let's say, uh, just for ease of maths for me, let's say uh, you sell 100 properties in 2023. Yeah. Well, in 2024, guess what? You've got 100 calls you can make, like you've just said. But also the fifty, uh, the hundred people you've just sold for, let's say half of them bought through you or someone else locally. So you've yeah. actually got one hundred and fifty people you can call in twenty twenty four to say happy anniversary and then repeat that that um, sort of dialogue that you just used. And uh, I've looked at this a lot recently, and if, I don't know if it's actually I'm going to get your opinion on this before I promise we move on to the last point, but. <laughs> Um, I don't know if this is unsurprising or not, but I've looked at various different uh, areas across the country. And if you look at what's for sale right now, yeah. 10 to 15 percent of properties which are currently for sale have been purchased since COVID. Yeah. OK. So, yeah. again, what I, I, how many of those we think are on the market with the estate agent they bought it through? Probably not many. Not many at all. And 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 this is a this is a big, big thing in estate agency. And you say, you know, you're looking at the figures now. Um like going back to that that client that I did some research with down in Essex, um, and and 70% of people that he had archived, either they completed or he didn't think they were buying, whatever, 70% of those had done business again. So honestly, you know, agents are running around going looking for the next best thing is it google ads is it facebook is it instagram should we get on tiktok and they're looking like get us more business get us more business where i guarantee you if if you're a, a reasonable sized estate agent and you've been around a few years or you've got a load of data you could shut the shutters yeah. and i bet you if it's done in the right way you could have a ton of business just in your own database incredible people that completed five years ago how are you doing can't believe it's been five years are you still enjoying the property no i'm not actually i'm thinking about moving all right <laughs> there you go you know you just never know that's I'm the old you know that's the old me going just do it yeah people are thinking i'm not going to phone that person because they completed three years ago why not just phone them yeah just phone them. I've literally, I've literally just looked at my last, my last full year in agency in 2019, 15%, uh, 1-5, 15% of people I um, sold a house for had done business with me before. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's amazing. And that would just build and build. And if you think about, if you think about when people are moving, if you sold a house for a person today and they're moving seven years, but if you think about those hundred houses that you sold in 2019, but then there's another 100 in 2020. There's another 100 in 2022. There's 300 there, plus everyone else you dealt with. Yeah. And if you keep that rotating and you keep looking after that, imagine how strong your business would be in just five years' time. And in 10 years' time, you probably wouldn't need any lead generation tools. Yeah. You would just be churning over your own database of people that have used you before. And do you know what's interesting? I know a mortgage advisor that's done that. 
Um, and I, he's a very good friend of mine. And I said to him the one day, I said, Neil, I said, do you want me to do some advertising for you? Um, I, I, I won't charge you, but I can get you loads of leads in. I know what I'm doing. And he laughed and he went, you've got to be joking me, haven't you? And I went, what? I said, everyone wants more business. And he goes, no, mate. He goes, my phone doesn't stop. And I went, where from, though? And he went, well, everyone everyone that did a mortgage with two years ago is, is now looking to remortgage. And everyone yeah. did a mortgage with five years ago. Is looking to, and, and I said to him, so do you think, what percentage do you think of your business is done from previous clients? And he looked at me, gone out. He went, well, all of it. He said, I don't, I don't need new clients. I've got my clients. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that's what an incredible business when you can turn around and go, I've got my clients. doesn't matter. You can do what you want. I've got mine. Yeah, incredible. Amazing. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I think we could learn uh, a thing or two from from the mortgage broker side. Like my mortgage broker, he's he's actually just coming up to uh, to retirement now, but he's the same. Like I've I've never known him to cold call or advertise or anything. It is just that. Yeah, but look at what you've just called him. You've my just mortgage called broker. Him my mortgage advisor. Yeah, literally. Yeah, yeah. Like, and and that's not because you put a leaflet through your door. And that's not because he did business with you and then archived you and he had to advertise to try and get you back. He obviously did a really, really good job for you to go, well, that's it then, I'll use him. Yeah. That's your mortgage advisor. And in the United States and Australia, it's the same. That's my real estate agent. Yeah. And people almost show off about it. Yeah. That's my real estate agent. And that's the level you need to get to. But you'll only get to that level if you're looking after people that are not yet looking to move. That's the concept that a lot of estate agents don't get. A lot of estate agents are going, well, are they the valuation? Are they coming on the market? No. Oh, I don't know if I want to go out to it. Like, yeah. Why? Yeah. Don't meet them. Yeah. Don't be helpful. Absolutely. Right. Okay. Last uh last last bit. Well, penultimate bit actually. Um when we kind of first started chatting, you'd said to me how, and I'm gonna butcher this now, and you're gonna do a better job of explaining it, but you were like <laughs> You're like you're in your you're in your estate agency business, and you're like I want to find out more about using Google to generate more leads. Uh, mm. And you shut yourself away for a week and took a week out of the business, learnt it, um, yeah. and then started to see traction. And then other agents went, "Clink, can you talk to us about that?" Yeah, yeah. So can you just give a, a, a just add on a little bit to that? Because I think yeah, there's a, there's agents who who will go who who could go do that themselves or or invest in someone like yourself to to do it for them but it's, there's agents who go i can't come away from the business yet you locked yourself in a room for a week so can you just talk a bit about that yeah so again um i think this is going back to um army training or wherever that mindset comes from of well just do it then you know the, if you mess it up what's what's the worst thing that can happen so i've had a bit of a tough run with um uh, media companies and, and Google style people um, where they didn't, number one, they didn't really understand my business. So they were probably very good at what they did. And they probably had a good understanding of the digital world and keywords and, you know, everything else that comes along with that. But they didn't understand what I was trying to do. So the, the, I think one of the first Google people that I used, um, I called him up after three or four weeks and said, I trust what you're doing is working, but I just want to know some kind of indicator, something that would make me go, oh, yeah, wow, this is working. Would that be a way of a lead coming in or will I see a volume of phone calls increase? What would that be? And he said, oh, no, but you've got this many clicks going to your website. 
And I was like, yeah, that sounds very cool, mate. You sound very enthusiastic about the clicks going to my website, but I'm not, like, I can't bank clicks. I can't pay my mortgage <laughs> on clicks. I don't know what you're talking about. So there was no strategy behind it. There was no, like, what we're going to do is we're going to use an instant valuation tool to get the details in, and then we're going to nurture those or, or whatever. There was no strategy. So you're absolutely right, mate. I locked myself in a room. I called my business partner. And I just said, would you mind? It's a fairly quiet week as far as the estate agent side goes. Can you just do everything? Can you just do all the viewings, valuations, everything? And I'm just going to lock myself in a room. And I promise you, by the end of it, we'll we'll benefit. We won't have to take anyone on for Google Ads. And so the first couple of Google Ads I put together, I woke up the one morning, I set this advert running, and I spent 680 quid just from late afternoon till, till the next morning and i was i was fuming like i was like this ain't gonna work if i'm spending 680 pound in one night it's gonna be too expensive to do uh so i quickly pedaled back um i did a course i think i did about three courses just ones that i found then i found out that google did their own course so i did that course and uh, towards the end of the week i set up an advert woke up in the morning and I had eight instant valuation leads, which I called all of them straight away, and two of them turned into valuations. And I, I was elated. I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe this. Um, and then I went for a meeting down in London with a, a software company I work with, and someone else down there said to me, are you using Google at all? And I said, I'll finish it, ask that. Yeah, I'm using Google. Like, I've just done this Google ad, and it's just bringing me leads. Like, while I sleep, it's bringing me leads. And she was like, Clint, please, can you do that for me? And I went, no, I'm busy. <laughs> <laughs> I am way too busy. I can't do that for you, no. Uh, and she called me again a few days later and she went, look, I'll chuck you a bit of money um, for your time. Uh, can you just set it up for me? And so I did that. I set it up for her. And she took me a bit of money for my time. And then she called me about a week later and she went, I think the leads are dropping off now. And I said, what do you mean? She said, uh, the leads are dropping off. So I said, have you been optimizing? Have you been sort of looking at your keywords and doing your optimizations? She said, I don't know what you're talking about, mate. Can you just look after it for me? So she was my first client. She still is a client today. Um, and from that, I actually had a very, you know what word of mouth is like. I know your business thrives off word of mouth. Um, and the same thing happened with me. I was just getting phone call after phone call because what happened was people, other estate agent owners went, whoa, okay, here's an estate agent owner who uses Google Ads himself to generate business, who's now helping other estate agent owners. So he knows what the pressures are of being of an estate agent owner, and he knows the strategies involved in what he's trying to do. So he can explain that to us and we can kind of work on a strategy when it comes to that. So, um, you know, I've, I've gone from... Um, a, a handful of estate agents. I then went and did my Google partnership, which is a um, quite a few modules, but more importantly is they monitor your account and they monitor your performance and they either give you a Google badge or they don't. And obviously I'm an official Google partner now. So after about 10 clients, I started taking my business, uh, well, created an actual business surrounding helping other estate agents um, because of my rough ride, to be honest, Simon. It wasn't, I didn't sit one day and go, oh, how can I make more money? How can I have another business? 
I just sat there and went, I feel your pain. If you're an estate agent owner, I feel your pain of going online and going, can I find a Google expert? Like, mate, if you if you Google the term Google expert, <laughs> like there's teenagers doing it from their rooms and, and then they make some brilliant websites and you look at what they are capable of doing and you go, wow. And then you talk to them and you quickly understand that they've got no understanding of estate agency whatsoever. Yeah. Hence the reason I've got uh, owners talking to me all the time now saying, you know, what can we do? How can we uh, get these leads in? So, yeah, it's been a it's been a fun ride, mate. It's been a very interesting and fun ride. No, brilliant. And um, I'm yeah, I'm glad I said, can you tell the rest of that story? Uh, so that you could bring it to life. No, it's brilliant. So, uh, right, last last bit of the podcast now, I promise. So uh, you are the first person I'm trying this on, Clint. So this could go really, really badly. Um, okay. But uh, I've got a little box here and it says the Diary of a CEO conversation cards. So I listen brilliant. to the Diary. Yeah, so I listen to Diary of CEO Stephen Bartlett. And what he does is he gets every guest to write a question for the next guest. And okay. You don't know what that guest has said. Now, I've basically got these cards. I bought them online. So I'm literally going to pull out one of these and try and read the bad handwriting. You are uh, brave, mate. This is the first time you're doing this, and I'm brave for agreeing to this. Uh, so this card, Jesus Christ, this is deep. Um, what are some words you've never said to any anybody? Why haven't you said them? And who should you have said them to? That is deep. You don't need to answer that if you don't want to. No, I know. I, I think it's interesting. Um, And this probably, again, and I know I keep going back to it, but this probably stems back to my army days. And there have been situations I've been in that some of them have come good, to be fair, and some of them haven't. But the words I've never said to anyone that I should have is, I can't do this. And that can go as deep or as not deep as, as you want. Because I'm just thinking back to situations where I should have gone, I can't do this, to just explain to them, I haven't got the knowledge or the skill to do this, so I can't do this. And then learn how to do it and done it properly. But then in the same breath, if I had, in several situations, if I had said to someone, I can't do this, I may not be in the position I'm in now because I maybe wouldn't have taken action on a lot of the things I've taken action on. Um, so I think in the right situations, I probably a couple of times I probably should have gone, I can't do this. Um, but also, and, and this is going deep, um, I'm massively, massively into uh, mental health. And um, from from a military background, I've got a lot, of, I've got hundreds of friends that struggle massively through mental health. I've lost friends as well through mental health. And I've lost more than 10 uh, through through mental health from from the army. Um, and so those words, I can't do this. It's not quitting. It's not giving up. It's not like saying I'm throwing the towel in. It's just saying at the moment, I can't do this. I could probably do it with some guidance and some coaching, or I can't do this because my mental health and my brain's not going to take it. So thank you very much. But I can't do this right now. And I think if a lot of people either said that to themselves or just took a moment to go, well, I can't do this now they might find themselves in a much better position later on. Very. Which goes good. against me saying, get stuck into everything when you can. <laughs> um, but look, you, you you could, I know especially now that I'm helping estate agents and I'm running my own estate agent business. 
Um, there are times now where I hit, might be this afternoon, I might get to two o'clock and go, right, I can't do this anymore. I'm going to yeah. go and pick my kids up from school and I'm going to go down the park with them. I'm going to have a lovely afternoon. You've got to sometimes go, I can't do this and 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 bail out and go and refresh yourself and then hit it another day. Very, very powerful. Great thing. question, Simon. Great well, question. It, look, it, it wasn't. It wasn't me. Um, I yeah. I think that question was asked to Gary Neville, and you can actually on the card scan the QR code to then go watch his answer um, oh, on dude. YouTube. But yeah, so look, that that's gone down pretty well. So I think I will continue that for for next time as Good. well. So uh, thank for you for for making me your guinea pig. That you're welcome. You're welcome. So uh, for everyone listening, please go check Clint out. Um, you'll find him on. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. Um, please do uh, drop a message with uh, with feedback. Um, myself and any guests that come on, love I love getting the feedback. And please remember to like, subscribe, review, share this podcast. Um, it would mean the world to me. And uh, yeah, just final sign off, Clint. Thank you again for being such an amazing guest. I really appreciate it. No problem. Thank you so much for having me on, Simon. It's been good. <laughs>